1: Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Erin Nance, MD, a New York City-based hand and wrist specialist with her own private practice. Plus, Erin has started a mission-driven medical media company and also developing the first medical competition reality show. Wow, that's a lot there. Erin, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you so much, Mark, for having me. I'm thrilled to be here.
1: Oh, can you expand a bit more on, you know, where you are with your business today and the kind of people that you love working with?
2: So my whole life, I wanted to be a doctor since I was eight years old and I broke my arm twice. That was just what I wanted to do. And I loved it. I spent time volunteering in the hospital. I loved being pre-med. I did, you know, loved going to medical school, all my training. Um And there's nothing more fulfilling to me than being a doctor and operating. But when I thought of, you know, what would be my purpose outside of just my very small practice in New York City, what I wanted to do was combine my love, like, what do I love to do? I love operating, but I also love watching reality competition cooking shows. <laughs> and I said, "How can How I do something?" How can you put those
1: things together? <laughs> How
2: can I put those things together? And I thought, "Why don't I do a surgical reality competition show?" And this was a whole new genre um, of anything that's ever been on television, which for some people might think, "Oh, it's so fresh, it's so unique," you know. Uh, Television stations must be like dying over it. Well, it's actually harder to come up with something that is fresh and unique because the television studios they want something that's a guaranteed success. So Ooh, that's why you involved, see right? exactly that's why you see so many of the same home building uh, television shows or the same cooking competition shows because everyone you know wants a guaranteed hit. But mm. there has to be that one person who said yes to Survivor, that one person who said yes to The Bachelor. Um, and so these genre creating and breaking opportunities do happen, but you have to really you know, show the, the greater vision.
1: Mm. Nice. The greater vision. Now there's a statement. This seems to be that that defines where you are right now I mean, we were chatting offline before about you know where your business is going all the different businesses what your your true mission is and yeah i think that's that's huge the greater vision so what is what is your greater vision
2: so my greater vision is to provide mission driven medical entertainment to the masses and what i mean by that is what's currently on television that's in the unscripted world scripted you've got gray's anatomy and er and the res- you know these are all beloved shows that have had runs for you know 10 plus years everyone you know gray's anatomy especially but in the unscripted or reality field the shows that are on right now at least in in my opinion they they tend to take advantage of a patient's kind of Sensational medical conditions. So, for example, Dr. Pimple Popper, someone comes in with all these awful masses and disgusting things that they take out. And it's a little bit of like medical voyeurism. And I wanted to show that you can still have a show about medicine that is fun, that is entertaining, that is educational, but will also have you learn something about the doctors themselves. The mm. doctors as humans, that we are competitive and we're silly and we're fun and we also have incredible skills. And so that is the whole purpose of me starting hands on media uh, is to show this human side to doctors.
1: Love that. So there is opening doors and breaking boundaries of exactly what everyone's seeing right now. So, you as you know, a business owner. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, you're going through what you've been through, the the amount of success that you've had so far, and then thought, you know, what's what's next? What else can I do? What do I really want to be doing? Um, what has it been like for you as as the business owner, as um, the woman behind the scenes? What is it like to to manage and try and then take these these next steps that you're? It's more passion based rather than business decisions.
2: Absolutely. I still am a practicing surgeon and I never want to give up being a surgeon. You know, people ask me, oh, are you going to stop, you know, seeing people once your show, you know, picks up? And I said, absolutely not. My intention is to always be a doctor and see patients. And I've created, because I own my practice, I've mm-hmm. created the ability for myself to take time off and to develop these other passions. Um, and I think just as probably... My mindset, which is probably a lot of people who start businesses and CEOs, we don't really have side hustles or pet projects. We do everything to the max. <laughs> um, and I knew that for to to start an entire production company, it was going to require a significant amount of uh, you know mental capacity, uh, financial capacity. You know, this was just not something I was doing uh, like while I was watching TV at night. Um, mm. so, so that has been, you know, a balancing act uh, because I never want to give up practicing medicine. I once spent way too much time uh, <laughs> and going to school, and I feel that I am a very, you know valuable member to society as a surgeon. Um, but for this next kind of chapter where, you know, my business has been humming along for quite some time, and I just had this, of itch to do something creative Mm. but be in control of it and that's how i came to starting the production company and being the producer
1: nice so with this transition that you're going through um it's it's tough to to go from one you said the word control it sounds like you'd like to be in control you like to have that certainty so have that business that you've had a, a strict path you, you know, it's one leads to another then you had your practice you know again we're trying to that you know people you can build your practice you can do the thing you can be the business owner
0: mm-hmm.
1: from here you're now branching into a, a brand new industry a brand new world so what has been your your challenge is what's been the things that creep up for you that maybe it's maybe it's mindset maybe it's perception maybe it's doubt or just not knowing what happens next because this this next industry is it's a choose your adventure it's there are so many different avenues that you could go down things that you could do there's no strict path that is um, that must be exciting and also terrifying at the same time
2: you know for the longest time I didn't mention to anyone that I was doing this. I think partly because I was afraid that if it never went anywhere, then, oh, well, at least I didn't tell anybody about it so no one will know that I, you know, <laughs> did this and, and, but, like, and figure out that and I'm bugs. a failed, exactly. I'm a, I'm a failed TV star. Um, <laughs> but once I, to be honest, once I, so we, we filmed the sizzle reel and I had doctors flying in from all over the country and I said, if they put their trust in me that this was going to be successful, then I have to trust myself that this is going to be successful and I have to start talking about it. And I can guarantee you, everyone who I've ever said, like, oh, actually I'm, I'm filming a television show. They say, oh, I used to be in media or, oh, my you know, cousin is in reality TV. And the amount of connections uh, that I have got from just having simple conversations. I'm not asking people, can you, you know, set up a meeting? Or it's just me being open and vulnerable about, hey, mm. I'm trying out something new. I don't know anything about this field. And people, they want to help you. Uh, you know, they, they don't wanna see you uh, struggle. And so I've just found that people are so generous. With their time, Mm. once they understand that it's coming from an authentic place, and that I'm not just trying to email like, "Hey, how are you? I haven't seen you in three years. Do you know somebody in reality TV?" You know, that's that's not how it's going to work.
1: Mm. That I think is a, a beautiful point to sort of just double tap on. People are out to help you. The majority of people are good. The majority of people do want to help, and will go out of their way. That's something that we is is so easily overlooked, especially when fears come in of oh you you hid your TV show just in case it di- didn't quite work. So there's an element of of hiding for all of us rather than just being brutally honest and vulnerable and saying, hey, yes, I want this. Here's what I'm doing. Can someone help me? It's sometimes it's so tough to ask for help and to hear someone of your your caliber with your success still feeling these feelings that people who are just starting out through to those trying to exit their business this never goes away so that vulnerability um how does that play into where you are right now with how you want to show up how you want to be perceived what people how you want people to see you as the the new version of yourself
2: so i think a really interesting kind of case study within my own um kind of how I've been presenting myself in the media is I worked with a social media specialist last year and I started a a TikTok channel called The Hand Doctor. And it was really more for me, and this was, I had a point, I had a goal to the channel, was to experiment with how to make viral videos and how to gain uh, viewership. And I was wildly successful. I had probably six or seven videos, 1 million plus, uh, you know, really actually pretty, pretty good, um, at creating these videos. And I had, a, a following, but it never felt like people really wanted to, to follow me. I think they were interested in the content that I was creating because it was funny. It was entertaining, mm-hmm. but it wasn't really about me. Then only a week ago, uh, I had a video on my hand doctor channel where I basically diagnosed someone's mystery diagnosis for eight years over 30 seconds over TikTok. Uh, it was incredible. And this woman had to have something called a glomus tumor. I happened to be literally the world's expert. I wrote the definitive article in the Journal of Hand Society over 10 years ago. And somehow she found her way to my page and she said, can you help me? I have this fingertip pain, blah, blah, blah. I said, oh, it sounds like a glomus tumor. You should get an MRI and poof. It was a glomus tumor. She had it excised and whatnot. But the point was that the the response on social media to one, well, this is incredible that someone over social media could just solve someone's eight year, uh, you know, mystery diagnosis. Mm. But what was really more telling was people really connected with this woman's journey of eight years of being misdiagnosed, not heard being told that everything is in your head and that was the sentiment that i felt like i could speak up on and so i started a totally different channel called littleness diagnosed and within the first week i had over 20,000 followers over a million views and i had never seen the engagement on these videos and mind you i i would say i'm, I'm pretty savvy with social like i have i understand what it means to you know have a commenter and a like and a following and, and what that means in terms of engagement, I had never seen people thousands of comments in 24 hours, um, nice. and I understood. But it wasn't about the the numbers or the views. It was about the emotional connection to people, and that's why people want to want to follow you. That's why they're they're invested in you as a person, not just as someone like who as well. creates funny you know videos.
1: And that's what you want. So you, it sounds like you've been dabbling in lots of different areas, trying to trying to find the purpose in, inside of yourself, trying to find the right outlet for it. And you've been dabbling mm-hmm. in a number of ways, seeing what, what some people would be like, I've, I've been searching for a million views all my life. Oh my gosh. And you're like, yeah, that's not for me. But <laughs> to, to dabble, I mean, some mm-hmm. one person's success, another person's failure. So you've been going through and now for you, it's, it is that human connection so one thing you said there content versus me the content that you're showing versus your personality which means you've now been elevated to hey next challenge it's you out there you're the one being seen it's your personality you now get to choose how you show up what part of your quirky personality comes through are you going to be completely authentic do you have to hold something back do you have to have some kind of persona there's no sort of right or wrong. You can choose the right thing for you, but you get to choose all these things. Again, we said before, there's no one size fits all. So, where are you going with this? And lovingly, what's fucking scary about it?
2: So, the beauty about having your own production company is you can pitch yourself all of these ideas that you think would be amazing. And so, we already have another. A show that's in production called Misdiagnosed. Um, and it's to tell the stories of the people, you know, tell the stories about the blurred lines between medical mysteries and being misdiagnosed and frankly, you know, malpractice. What happens when things, you know, go wrong, kind it's of nice. like a medical true crime. <laughs> um, and so as of now, I've been interviewing different patients who This was also something that I had never experienced in my first TikTok channel, but the amount of people stitching my videos and making their own videos, telling their own stories was unbelievable. Hundreds, hundreds of people making their own videos off of my original content. Uh, And the reason why it's it's even there is because they haven't been heard. No one's Mm -hmm. taken the time, especially that's how they feel that the doctors are the ones who are not hearing them. They're not seeing them for who they are. Uh, And social media is light years ahead of television when it comes to both people as patients speaking out about these problems and then also for doctors to be responding as humans. None of these conversations are happening on television right now.
1: That's a, that's a massive point there. People not being heard. I mean, we know the, the evolution of social media and technology. It's been revolutionary for the last 20, 30 years. Then throwing COVID through this. Now we're craving connection. We've all been through so, so much. Still not quite recovered. Such good has come from it. So much bad as well. But I think what you just said there, not being heard. Everyone wants to be heard. Isn't that just what everyone is craving? to be actually heard and understood it sounds like that's what you need as well to be able to find your voice to come across in the right way for you to be heard for your industry to be heard so it's not just the patient saying no one's listening to me it's actually you screaming no one's actually listening to or seeing what's really going on i think that's a beautiful tie-in where you're all saying the same thing we all want the same thing but there's a different way of getting it out there.
2: Absolutely. When a patient says it, they're seen as complaining. When a doctor says it, well, now there's some validity behind it. And so, you know, my purpose is really to be a vessel. I mean, I think every doctor themselves has had an issue. We're all human, right? We go to the doctor, we have things, uh, that are, have been misdiagnosed or undiagnosed, and so it's not just that I'm representing them; I am one of them, <laughs> mm. and really every doctor is one of them as well. Uh, but because we wear the white coat, because we have the credentials, you know, our hope is that our voice may reach some levels of leadership where actual change can take place.
1: Mm. Nice. So let's finish up on let's finish up on change as you brought it up how are you evolving as a as a human because as you said no one is immune to anything you're still a human being going through this you have your fears and doubts as you go through these new companies no one's immune to this no matter what level of success or finance or whatever it might be so for you personally as you make these steps what do you feel
2: So I notice that my level of success has changed once I stopped going from a, you know, me-centric way of presenting myself to a community-centric way of presenting myself. How can I best serve this community? And in my role as a doctor, I've always felt that that is how I have presented myself. And, Mm. you know, I, for example, you know, I am an out of network doctor, meaning that I get to spend an hour with each patient that I see and I just sit and listen to them. And the patients are so grateful. I mean, everyone wants a competent doctor. That's kind of like the, the baseline. Uh, but yes, then' to please. Find That'd be great. thanks <laughs> But then to find someone who is also a great listener, someone who is empathetic, someone who is kind and I felt that that has always been the mission of Nance MD, my own private practice and that's what I'm trying to bring also to this new you know media venture. It's not about look at me I'm a doctor I'm so amazing my skills are incredible. I can diagnose someone in 30 seconds. My purpose is to reflect what the community wants to see, and which is stories about themselves and, and mm. you know, people in the community. And so I think that shift from being me-centric to you-centric is what has really made the difference.
1: Nice. And I guess that almost takes the pressure off yourself because it's no, it's no longer about you. You're not the hero in this. It's what's in it for them. What do they want? How do they want to be seen, heard, respected, spoken to? So you've had to take the pressure off yourself through this to be able to find the right way to serve. How do I best serve? That's a great lesson for anyone out there struggling, hustling, not quite seeing things working. How well are you actually serving? That's the crux of it. Love that. Thank you so much for sharing.
2: No, thank you. It's been uh, an incredibly um, interesting and dicey past couple of months, to say the least. You know, when you you start a new project, we were talking about earlier, when you become a doctor, people say, "Oh, is it so hard to be a doctor?" I go, "Not really. It's pretty. It's pretty simple. You 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 go to school, you go to med school, you go to fellowship, you you know start uh, you know working in practice. Mm. It's very linear versus this new venture where I don't know what's the next best step. And I do have a lot of people giving me advice and people telling me, well, this is how I did it. That's how I did it. And it's more a matter of, okay, what do I want to do? And how do I want to move forward? And then just listening to that.
1: Nice. Love that. Hey, Erin, thank you so, so much for sharing. Um, so openly about, you yeah, know, behind the scenes of everything that you're doing and building today. It's been, it's been so much fun.
2: Thank you so much, Mark, for having me. This was a blast.
1: Hey, you're welcome. Look, if people want to find out more about, about you and the work that you do, where can they find you online?
2: So if you want to be seen as a patient, my uh, office is in New York City and you can go to the at NanceMD.com uh, for any you know, actual carpal tunnel or I always love to see patients. But for those of you who are more interested in what I'm doing on social media, I would say you can follow me either at The Hand Doctor or Little Misdiagnosed.
1: Awesome. Well, if you're curious or have some challenges, go check it out. And Erin, thank you so much for for sharing with me today.
2: Thank you, Mark. Welcome. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark.
1: Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end.
0: Yay, you.
1: So what happens next?